Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I do actually have some genuinely exciting news. Well, it is exciting for us, and hopefully you'll feel the same. The Spooning team, including myself, are going on the road this summer. We're partnering with Pub in the Park, the UK's premium food festival, where we will be doing this show live. Yes, it's your chance, our listeners, to come and see us make complete fools of ourselves in front of a live audience. We will be, of course, interviewing your favourite chefs and some of the fantastic musical acts that are performing at this year's events. It kicks off on the 16th of May in Marlow and then goes on to Chiswick, Rygate and St Albans. You can get your tickets at tickets.pubintheparkuk.com. Your ticket will gain you entry and you will see a huge array of music artists including McFly, Paloma Faith, Gabrielle, Busted, and many, many more. Come have some fun with us. Hello, and welcome to Spooning with me, Mark Wogan. Each week, my guest joins me here, and we challenge them on the foods that they think they love and the foods they think they hate. Here at the Mount Street restaurant, executive chef Jamie Shears will be cooking up some delicious spoons for my guests to try. The difference is they will be blindfolded whilst they do it. Now, this week, taking on the sightless spoons is a multi-talented individual by the name of Scarlett Douglas. Scarlet. Thank you for having me. I like that multi-talented. I'll well, take that. I mean, you are multi-talented. You can sing, mm-hmm. you can dance, mm-hmm. you present TV, mm-hmm. and there isn't anything you can't tell us about buying a house. Very true, actually. So, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. So, going back to the beginning, mm-hmm. you grew up in Chesham, right? What was food like at home? Oh. It was so good. It was so good. My mum, Jamaican mother, if anybody has a Jamaican mother or Jamaican lady in their lives, they will know that they like to feed a lot. Big portions, right? Big portions and very rich in seasoning and flavours and spices, herbs. But it was just always, every meal was just amazing. And I think that is why I'm such a big foodie now. I I blame my mum, basically. Grew up at home, two brothers. Yes. Stuart and Andrew. Yep, that's correct. Stuart and Andrew. Are you in the middle? Where, where do I'm you sit? I'm the youngest. Oh, you're and the baby. I'm the only girl. And the only so, girl. So, yes, I definitely got spoilt a lot. And probably do still get spoilt now, actually, even though I'm 36. And not bullied relentlessly? 
I mean, was she a tough? Ja was she a tough Jamaican mother? Absolutely. We could not set a foot out of line. We had to make sure we worked hard. We all had extra skills that we loved. So for me, it was singing and dancing. My brothers, it was football. And my mum and dad were amazing. They let us do what we wanted to do as long as we got our grades first. And I think that was really important for all of us, really. Reading up on you and you, you and your brother and that kind of thing, you're all quite high achievers, aren't you? We've been, yeah, we've been very lucky that we've had good schooling. Again, good parents have made sure that we focused on getting good grades. And we've all just really enjoyed it. I think because you can kind of have the two of them, you can do well at school and then you can also do well in your sports, it's made us continue to want to do well in both of them. So we are all quite academic and all very creative. But you went off and you studied dance, performing arts. Performing yeah. arts. Mm -hmm. So that was everything. Acting, singing, dancing, dancing yeah, the whole shebang. thing. When did you show any early promise of that? Oh, I think from the youngest age ever. I remember my godmother, her daughter was a dancer. So from the minute I could start walking around three or two and a half, three, I ended up going to dance class and kind of following her. So I just always loved sequins and sparkle. Still and the, to this day. Still to this yes, day, yeah, yeah. And anything flamboyant and on the stage and anything that made things all about me. So singing and dancing, that was kind of the perfect thing for me to go into. So you'd studied that and you went straight into the West End. Because, I mean, look, it's a tough business. My wife was in the same business. Okay. And I, as I always say about her, she's the unluckiest recording artist in history. Right? She's had seven record deals and never had a release. You're lying. No, no, no. But, she, you know, she worked as a commercial dancer and, yeah. you know, backing dancer for people and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And has a great voice. And it's like, it's that thing, isn't it? I know it from the restaurants. We employ... Mm -hmm a lot of theatre school kids. Yeah. And, you know, the, all these people are really talented, but they don't, they get don't the big necessarily break. make it. You made a living, which I know seems strange to people, but to actually make a living doing it, mm. it makes you quite unique, given the amount of people who want to be in the industry. Yeah, it was very, very hard. And I think I was always told that I was never going to make it, which made me work that much harder, made me want to prove everybody that I said that wrong. So when I left college at 19, I remember I went to a college called Lane Theatre Arts in Epsom. And Miss Lane, who was the founder and also the headmaster there, I say headmaster like that because she was very scary. I remember her always kind of saying, no, 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 you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. And she's someone that's always stuck in my mind that I want to prove you wrong. Even at 36 now, I'm still <laughs> wanting to prove Miss Lane wrong. And she made it really difficult for me, but actually, even though they were a tough three did years... Did you ever get invited back to do a talk? I would love to go back and do a talk. I haven't been, <laughs> probably because she knows what I would say. But those three years were difficult, but they definitely shaped me to be who I am. And I think I learnt rejection quite early on, so I could pick myself up, dust off and go again. Whereas those that were favourites at college never really knew how to deal with not being wanted. So it definitely made me more resilient. So actually, I don't regret that at all. I'm quite glad that I had a tough time going through those three years. And then I was the only person that graduated at college with two jobs. So I left as a dance captain and assistant choreographer for Thrill Alive, the Michael Jackson musical. And also I got We'll Rock You in Zurich, Switzerland. So at, it was quite At 19? Nice. At 19, yeah. yeah. And I was lucky enough to just keep working after In all that. of that, and I assume this is the influence of your brothers, you played for women's Arsenal, Arsenal girls, Arsenal yeah. girls as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there was a tomboy side of me that just really loved football, and because my brothers played and I really looked up to them, I wanted to play as well. So I played a lot when I was younger. I played at Arsenal girls, won a few trophies, did a few tournaments, and I had to then pick at some point what I was going to do. Was I going to focus on football or was I going to focus on performing arts? I also played hockey, and there was an opportunity to go quite far with hockey, but I decided on performing arts overall in the end. I find hockey a terror. 
terrifying game. Do you? What's well, the idea? Everyone's running around with sticks. I know, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a girl hooked my stick once. I was like, ah! And the referee was like, time out, time out. So there's a little underlying aggression there. Maybe that a little you're bit. metering out on a field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you went on to have a lot of success dancing, yeah. singing, you backing dance for a lot of big names mm -hmm. like CeeLo Green and Paloma Faith yeah. and all that. What was that like, touring and... It's just an amazing experience. Having a live audience anyway, whether it was doing musical theatre, whether it's performing in arena tours, just to be part of such a huge production and having an audience screaming, not specifically my name, but screaming towards the stage just gives you that incredible feeling. It's so satisfying, it's gratifying, and I loved doing it. So to be able to have done it for eight years, be able to back and dance for these incredible artists, yeah. was amazing. Brit Awards, back and dance for Anton Deck, MOBO Awards. Who can dance themselves. Who actually are very, very talented. Very talented. They, no, I mean, you don't get a career like they've had without being talented. No, exactly that, exactly that. Was there a decision that was made internally, like, this is great, mm -hmm. but I'm not earning enough money that you decided to get into property, which is a bit of a left turn, yeah. let's be honest. Okay, so that, you're right, because there's no correlation between the two, but my eldest brother doing football had invested his money into property. And when I was 24, he had said, you don't have an equity pension, what are you gonna do when you can't sing and dance anymore? For me, I'm thinking, well, I can literally do jazz hands for the rest of my life, I'll be fine. And he's like, no, seriously, especially as a dancer, that your lifespan is quite short. Not for any particular reason other than the older you get, there are younger ones coming out that can do more than you, that don't get injured as quickly, that can recover quicker from injuries. So he said, why don't you kind of come with me and we can learn how to, or I can teach you how to do property development. And it kind of was something that I did on the side. And I think because I was always being quite creative, loved my sequins, loved mm. anything that was in your face, I focused more on the interior design side of things. So I could still use my creative flair, but it would come out that way. And it was great. And we had this partnership together. We worked, my brother did ask my other brother, Andrew, and Andrew was like, absolutely not. I don't want to work with you. I think he knew something I didn't know at the time because it has been a tough journey, but it worked really well. And that, having that expertise is basically what helped me cross over into presenting. My first job was a place in the sun. Had to have a property expertise. And little did I know that me doing the property stuff on the side I mean, would help did, me get did, that. did that for seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have a question about Place in the Sun. Okay. In those seven years mm -hmm. and the, obviously, hundreds of people that you showed hundreds of different properties, yes. how many of them actually bought one? Oh, gosh. If you're going to ask a percentage, <laughs> I have no idea. But... I was quite lucky. Quite a few did buy with me, but you can always tell the ones that aren't going to buy. So on a Sunday, we have house hunter drinks, they're called. So everybody gets together, the crew and the house hunters, just so we can meet and it breaks the ice before you start filming on Monday. And the ones that were kind of dropping like, all oh, the exchange rate isn't very good at the moment, or I'm not too sure if I know this area very well, you would then know there's all no the way they're going to buy. just hammering the free bar. Well, yeah, all yeah. those ones yeah. that were legless by the end of the night. <laughs> you're like, you're not here for the right reasons. <laughs> but then there would be those that genuinely wanted to find somewhere to buy. And I always say, it's a lot of money to part with and really you've got four days to look at five properties and then make a decision and buy so actually it's a really big decision to make at the end of the week so I would understand why not everybody would want to put their money down straight away but there are some that are literally just there for a free holiday I think is it how many properties in the show do you on average it's, it's, it's five. five they see five properties they see five yeah. properties yeah <laughs> Come on, some of them are just plain awful. Some of them are horrendous. And the worst part is, Mark, you have to act like you found that house. There's a whole team behind that find the properties. But you have to act like, I've taken you here because I really think this is a good one for you. Whereas in my head, I'm thinking, this is awful, but I there's nothing there else on the market. there murder in this, in this bathroom. Yeah, that yeah. red stain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just paint. It's just paint. <laughs> Why did you leave? 
I think it was getting to a point where I was getting so many other opportunities and I really wanted to focus on those and see where else my presenting career could take me. So I really cut my teeth on that show. It was my first ever presenting job and I'd learned so much and all these other opportunities that were coming to me, I had to take them, which meant I had less time to do A Place in the Sun. So it got to a point where I had to make the decision. I'd done my stint on there. It was time to move on and I'm so grateful that I've been able to because I've been doing so many other things since leaving and I love them. first bit of food I've got relates to your first move after Place in the Sun, which is a bit of sushi. Oh, yes. Which you stated as the first thing you ate, because mm -hmm. you were in the jungle in 2022. Yes. Right? And this was the first thing you ate when sushi. you came out of the jungle. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yes. Sushi? Can you believe it? I love sushi. I feel like everything's in there. You've got a bit of veg, you've got your bit of starch with the rice, and you've got your meat or your fish. It's a full meal in just a nice little small slice. Now, the green stuff on oh. the side, you've got a problem with that, haven't I you? I hate wasabi. <laughs> Why do you think it was It's just so strong. It just, it literally blows your mind. I think yeah. you taste just get it. The little tip of the fork into the lovely green wasabi there. I want to see. That, that's, there's nothing on the fork there. That's come enough. On. That's come enough. On. All right, come on. Oh, God. Come on, a little bit of wasabi. I absolutely on. hate it. <laughs> come on, you've got some water there if it goes really badly wrong. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> you haven't even allowed yourself. You didn't, that didn't even make it to the back of your tongue. Mm. It's on my tongue, it's on the roof, it's still there. It's disgusting. But what I don't understand, right, is so when they make sushi rolls yeah. and when they make nigri and stuff like mm -hmm. that, they put a little bit of wasabi in it. Do, in where? What part of it? They, they, there's a little, so when you get the piece of rice like that, yeah. right, there's a little stripe of wasabi under the fish. Going to the whole point of spooning with Mark. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as a bad ingredient. It's just how it's used. Okay, okay. Because to be honest, when I do have my soy sauce, I put the tiniest amount of wasabi in there to mix little, it all exactly. up. Exactly. It's like But on its own. You'd have to be a lunatic oh to like have that all of that there. Yeah. Your eyes would be streaming and everything, everything nose running. Everything. How was the jungle for you? Oh, it was brilliant. It was one of the best experiences I've had so far today in my career because it's a show that I've always watched. When I used to do musicals, never did I think I'd be on the show. Never did I think I'd be on it as soon as I have been on it in my presenting career. And I was part of the camp that was over there for the first time since COVID. So we got to go back to Australia. I think it was, I can't remember, like the, was it the 20th year or something crazy? I don't know if it was that. 22nd. 22nd, yeah. right, there you go. I'm sounding like Johnny the producer now <laughs> he knows with all those the stats. stats. Of that. Oh, he is Mr. <laughs> TV Stat. To the point of actually being quite disturbing. <laughs> I love the knowledge up there. Um, so yeah, so I got to do that and I was in the camp with some amazing people and I'd look around thinking... Well, some amazing people and Matt Hancock. I was going to say, bar one, yeah. Uh, or Mancock as we called him in there. Uh, <laughs> but we had some really great people and it was the best experience. My brother got to come over with his wife and littlest child and it was him actually that when I came out, he's like, right, I'm taking you. I found a great sushi place. He knows I love sushi. We're going to go and eat sushi for your first meal and it was brilliant. The whole experience, I pushed but there must have been downsides it. to it. I mean, they kind of do put you in an element of squalor, don't they? Absolutely. The food, there's no seasoning. I remember I was brought up with a Jamaican mum where there's jerk seasoning on pretty much yeah. everything. No salt, no pepper, no vinegar or lemons to clean the meat because I'm very much, you've got to clean the meat before you start cooking it. Nothing. What do you mean clean the meat? You clean the meat. I'm not going to eat chicken without cleaning it with lemon juice or vinegar. Clean it all off and then you start seasoning it. Sorry, I've, I've, I've cooked 
for over 30. And you haven't cleaned your meat, Mark. (laughs) Right, I'm coming around to you to cook for you one day. Cleaning your meat. (laughs) Absolutely. That is such a big thing in the black community. And it's so funny because we always talk about it. That not many people clean their meat. No. That's like a standard. I mean, it's got a whole different connotation to it. But... (laughs) So, clean meat aside... Yes. They obviously edit it in a way that, you know, they want certain people to look better than others. You get a Mm -hmm. sense of that. If you've watched it over the years, they kind of want to create characters in it. Matt Hancock didn't need any help, though, did he? Not at all. He is the man we all love to not forgive. Mm -hmm. It's like, for some reason, because he was in that bit of human history where he really dropped the ball. And because we all had to sacrifice Mm -hmm. at that time, various levels for various people or whatever, we can't forgive him. No. I have my own experience of Matt Hancock. Oh, gosh. So when my wife was pregnant with our one and only child, which was now 17 years ago, we went to a NCT class, Mm -hmm. right? Um, For those who don't know, that is the National Childbirth Trust, where they they basically teach you how to have a baby. Yeah. Or what's going to happen. Matt Hancock and his now ex-wife were there, who was a lovely lady. Right. They showed us a video of a water birth. Okay. And the future Minister for Health, when watching the video, passed out. You are joking me. Folded like a newspaper. (laughs) Which actually doesn't surprise me. No. I'm a great one for redemption. Mm -hmm. However... How was he viewed by the other camp members when he was in we there? We just, especially Boy George, was not impressed when he walked in. But everyone was very much like, why are you here? But George is quite difficult to impress from Oh, yeah, stop. well, that is very true, yeah. I think I only impressed him because I had on a bright green jumpsuit and he liked the colour of it. So I was like, thank goodness, I'm in your good books. He came in trying to be the guy that had reform, so to speak. Mm. This new person, he wanted to come in, he was really apologetic, he was trying to be nice to everybody, but he was doing too much, and you can see through that straight away. You can't keep that facade up, and it started to crack and break, and you can see the real him coming through, which he is quite a selfish person, and people could see that with the food and the sharing and him taking extra for himself. Yeah, literally, and, and I love my food, and I'm thinking, mate, we've got to all share here, and you've only just come in, so... I think Charlene and Sue did kind of, we all questioned him, but they questioned him and they're like, but why are you here? And he's like, I just want forgiveness. And I remember when I was in there thinking, how genuine are you? But he looked quite genuine. And then when I came out and I watched that clip back, I could see there wasn't a single tear, there wasn't any remorse. And I just thought, are you really apologetic? Yes, okay, you want to be forgiven, fine. Everybody deserves forgiveness for something that they've done, but maybe the way you're going about it is incorrect. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Moving on. Yes. I've got a little something else here for you. Okay. Here we have some delightful buttered toast. Okay. Right? Lovely. Why would you oh, not no. put that on it? Why would you bring that out? It's Marmite. I now, I understand Marmite. you either love it or hate it. Yeah, I And hate as I've said before, I fall into a weird category where I don't mind it. Oh, wow. I'll take it or leave it. Uh, no. But you, no? Absolutely not. Please tell me I'm not going to have to taste that after I've had to taste the wasabi. Well, I mean, I, how it's bad just... can it be? Not only does it look gross, it smells gross, and the taste is just... You say it smells gross? Yeah. Hold on a second. Let's get the lid off here. It's a bit yeasty. Go on, have a smell of that. No. Oh, absolutely not. No. So I can't tempt you? I mean, I feel like I should try it because I'm here, and if I can do the jungle and try some of the weird and wonderful foods there... I've got a little there. knife for you there. Do, you can judge the amount or I can do it? No, I think you're going to give me too much. All right, well, you, you do it for yourself there. Oh. It's just Marmite on toast, Scarlett. Okay. That's all it is. I feel as though I'd rather be back in the jungle and eating, I don't know, pig anus or something. I mean, it's not comparable to pig anus, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> I mean, there is almost none on that toast, to be fair. How bad is that? When was that the last time? You, when was bad. the last time you tried it? Uh, a long time ago. That's bad. <laughs> that is not good. <laughs> Listen, I hope we have more success with our spoons because you're quite a hard woman to change the opinion of. I need to have just a little bit of the normal toast with the nice <laughs> salted butter on it to take that taste out of my mouth. <laughs> It's time for you to don the blindfold. Okay. Pop that on. Yes. And then to the listeners, I will reveal the first spoons. Now, I'm going to feed this to you. <laughs> okay. Let I'm me clean your I, meat. <laughs> well, I want to warn you now, it's a substantial mouthful. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, really, okay. you can compose yourself. Yes. Here it comes. Open wide. There we go. Oh, you got it all. There we go. Now, tell me what you're experiencing, what the flavours are, textures. What are you getting? I like the crisp. Mm-hmm. I'm getting something that's quite meaty. Mm-hmm. Flavour-wise or texture-wise? Mm, the texture is kind of 
like a soft rubbery texture. Soft rubbery. But um, what flavours? Can you can you distinguish what the protein is? No. See, this is the interesting thing. When you remove sight, mm. so many things become confusing. Take your blindfold off. You've got a scallop with black pudding there. Ooh. Okay. And one of the, the things you said you... The scallop I love and the black pudding I hate, but that is really good. Exactly, you see? Wow. That is actually you, really I mean, good. you were quite vehement in your hate and went to the great detail yeah, as, as to, to why, why I you hate black, black pudding. pudding. That is actually very good. But that's a great combination, scallop and black pudding. And I never would have thought that. Really? It's, a, it's, a, it's a delicious thing, right? Because mm. as long as you don't leave it too soft and you crisp it up in the pan and you get that kind of textural difference between the rubbery but delicious hand-dived yeah. hand <laughs> hand scallop. Good rubbery. Yeah, good yeah. rubbery. Yeah. So would you eat that without the blindfold on now? I absolutely would now, well, yeah. Go on, then that's yours to eat. Oh, thank you. I think so, it's more what is in black pudding that I really don't like the thought of. Once you've cleaned your meat, you, you're quite happy to eat meat. It's just another, another part of the animal. Mm. I believe that if we are to end an animal's life for our nourishment, you should eat every part of it. And therefore, oh, there's nothing wrong with black pudding as far as I'm concerned. And now, as far as you're concerned, there isn't as well. I might have to start getting that for breakfast. Yeah. Mm. But just the tip is cook it a bit more. Okay. Crisp it up, it'll you know, because it's quite high fat content. So yeah. if you if you cook it a bit longer, it doesn't get horrible the crispier it gets. I think it gets a bit nicer. That is definitely nice. It's when they serve it a bit half cooked and a bit soggy, a bit, a bit sweaty. Yeah, no, we don't want that. <laughs> no, I want sweaty. Well, meat. we succeeded in changing your mind about black pudding. Yes, indeed. You don't need the uh, cleansing element of the bread and no, butter. No, the with cleansing that. taste can wait for now. <laughs> Okay, blindfold on again. Okay, let's go. We're going to the next one. I'm going to slide this across the table. Now, this is going to be interesting texture-wise. I don't know how I'm going to get that all in. Hold on. <laughs> but, but can you go any wider than that? Hold on, I'm going to push it in with my finger, if you'll excuse me. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there you go. Go on. Chew, chew, oh. chew, chew. It's nice. Go, go. What have you got there? Mustard. Oh, <laughs> she got the mustard first. Mm, and some sort of meat. And what else? Is it? What else have we got there? Because this is something you said you loved. This was an important dish in your life. Okay. I toad in the hole. I've got sausage. Yes. I've got pastry. And I've got terrible mustard. Well, I just thought I'd try and hide a bit of mustard in your favourite <laughs> dish there. Mmm. Did I ruin it with the mustard? You did, but honestly, it tasted like there was loads of mustard. Yeah. And there's the smallest amount. Yeah, tiny amount. Because it's all that thing of, like, if an ingredient is controversial, don't overdo it. Yeah. Because it, it can complement. Yeah, this part, lovely. So have I ruined your favourite dish for you? Yeah, I think you might have done. Well, to be honest, I can't take full responsibility. It was Jamie, and it was his idea to put some mustard on it oh, as well. Jamie. But I think, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a classic, isn't it? I'm is just... that a thing then? Do people put mustard with... I don't know if you're aware, mustard like is quite a commonplace condiment that people, <laughs> people, lots of people enjoy. Again, why? <laughs> why? I don't understand it. The three of them, the wasabi, the marmite and the mustard, Yeah. my worst fit, like, condiments. I know. We slightly 
laid it on thick for you because we've managed to get almost everything you hate. Thank you. <laughs> and then to try and combine it with things that you really like. Mm -hmm. What have we changed your opinion on? Black pudding, definitely. Definitely black pudding. Black pudding can stay. Black pudding can stay. Mm -hmm. Wasabi's still out. Mixed in with some soy sauce. Yeah. But uh, as an element, mm -hmm. it's there, right? Mm -hmm. Not as a standalone thing, but I think anyone who eats wasabi on their own might need psychiatric help. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, still, still, mustard still no to mustard. Because that was a nice, delicate Dijon. It wasn't like heavy, mm. hardcore English. It gets heavier than that. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't think you've eaten that much no. mustard, have you? <laughs> no, I really haven't. When, when did you get first get fed mustard? I don't know, but maybe I've just blacked that out and well, blocked it out of my memory. Anyway, I'm glad that we've managed to change your opinion on a couple of things. Thank but you. it is interesting how when the site is removed... It really is. You can't tell. Mm. You can't tell. You've just got to go with, with actual flavour rather than preconception. Yeah. Well, that's The Spooning done for today. We will, of course, be back next week with another guest and we will be challenging them on the foods that they think they love and the foods that they think they hate. Massive thanks to the Mount Street restaurant here and, of course, to Jamie Shears for creating some delicious spoons, which did change some opinions this week, which is great. If you like what we're doing here at Spooning, follow us at Spooning with Mark Wogan across all the social media channels. And, of course, we do also have our own YouTube channel with extra special footage of our guests and what we got up to. See you next week, you beautiful people.